Thank you so much for being here in our second service. We are really grateful for you, and uh, we love and appreciate each one of you. Appreciate what God is doing in your lives. So perhaps you're here today, and this is your very first visit to our church. We'd love to give you one of our welcome brochures and just appreciate you and just celebrate you today. Can someone put the lights on, please? Um, and uh, we'd like to just uh, greet you. So if you're here today, raise your hand nice and high. There we go. God bless you. Good to have you here. Good to have you here. God bless you over there. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. God bless you. Yeah. We love having visitors. Please keep your hand raised till we get you one of our brochures. And once you receive it, you'll see if you'll open it. On the inside, there's a section provided. If you'll just take a minute and complete that, then tear it off. You can either put it in the offering bucket after the service, or you can hand it in at the info bar so that we'd know you were here today. If you'll just indicate whether we could either email you or phone you, we'd love to just find out how you enjoyed the service and answer any questions you may have about the church. The other section is for you to keep, so you stay connected with the life of the church. Our social media is there, and you can find out everything about us, who we are, what our mission is, and the pen is for you to remember your first visit to our church. Now, just a little bit of house news quickly. We'd just like to let you know that this coming Friday, the 20th of January, our youth ministry will be reopening from 6 to 8 p.m., ages 10 to 18. Uh, Wildlife is run by uh, Richard, our elder, and his team. So if you want to find out more about what's going on, you can see him after the service or go to the info bar, send us a WhatsApp, and we'll get him to contact you. But please, Bring your young people. The youth ministry is growing, and we're really trusting this year that it's going to continue to flourish and multiply and grow. Then, we are kicking off the year as far as our small groups and our midweek planning is concerned on the 25th of January here in this auditorium on the 25th of January at half past six. We'll be having our first harvest event. This event's going to be different. It's going to be a worship and anointing service. So we're going to be worshiping God, and then we're going to pray and anoint every single one of you as we prepare for this year. We're going to release our faith as we trust God with you. It's going to be um, a live service, so it'll be online. If you can't be here, you can uh, link in with us online, and we will pray over you uh, right through the uh, airwaves there as we anoint and trust God as we step into all that God has for us this year. So please take note of that. You can go to social media to find out all the other uh, good things that are happening, including our outreaches and so on. But then finally, on the 31st of January, the Tuesday at 5 a.m., we'll be having our very first men's coffee club. Please come and join us. We have a great time. We have donuts, coffee, fellowship, and it is an incredible time where we as men just connect and hang out together and help each other. And starting from this year, we'll be having live worship uh, every time we meet as well. So we're really excited about that. So make a note. Be here with us. 5 a.m. in the coffee club. You can leave straight away as you need to to go off to work and so on. So we're looking forward to that. All right, are we ready to dig into the word this morning? Amen. Thank you for bearing with us during load shedding. It's wonderful to have no air cons. Yep. Anyway, thanks for your commitment in still being here. 
and uh, we're going to trust God this morning. We're in a series, we're looking at our theme for this year, which is called The Secret Place. And what we've been doing in January, we've been looking at setting our mind on the things above. How many know it's easy to be caught up in what's going on around us and miss out about, around what's going on in us, where God lives, where God's heaven and treasures are stored. And so by faith, this year we are going to live in the secret place of the Most High God. Amen? And you know, we do that by grace. Nothing we earn or deserve. It's unmerited and undeserved, but it's ours because we are born again and we're washed in the blood of Jesus. And so it's by grace this year that we're going to stay stable and we're going to be fixed in the purposes of God. Amen? We're going to win this year in Jesus' name. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm a winner. Now, Last week, we started looking in context of keeping our mindset above. We realized that it's very important for us to have the right belief system. Because what you believe ultimately controls your life. Amen? What you believe determines what you think about, determines what you speak about, and it determines what you become. So we need to be sure we're believing the right things. And so last uh, week, we started looking at some of those. But turn with me, John chapter 1. Verse 12 and 13, and I want you to write this down somewhere if you would. Belief is the most powerful commodity in this world. If you believe the right things, it will revolutionize your life and will put you on the right trajectory to where God wants you to be. So look what it says here, uh, Jesus speaking in John, or about Jesus in John 1 verse 12, it says, but as many as received him... To them he gave the right. The King James, the King James actually says, to him he gave the power. To as many as received him. Now that word received in the Greek is the word lumbano. And it actually means to take hold of and make your own. Say, I receive today. In other words, I take hold and I make it my own. To as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right. The word there is power. It's the Greek word exousia, and it actually means that when you receive Jesus, he gives you the power. That word power is a very interesting word. It actually means capacity. It means the authority. It means the freedom and the mastery. Listen to this. To supernaturally have the ability to live the way God wants you to live. Wow. Wow. When you receive Jesus, he gave you this power, and then it goes on. It doesn't stop there. It says he gave you this right or this power to become children of God. Say, I'm a child of God. He gave you the power to be, to be a children of God. Look at this. To all those who believe in his name. What do you believe this morning? If you believe in his name then you have the right, the power, the authority, the supernatural ability to be like Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? All right. So to those who believe who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. Can I just check today? Is there anyone here in the house? You believe in Jesus this morning. Give me your best wave this morning. You believe in Jesus. All right, listen. If you believe in Jesus, that means you're born again. And if you're born again, listen, you're born again, not by the will of man, not by the will of flesh, but by the 
will of God. You are here because God purposed you to be here. God ordained this time for you. Can you say amen? And so, you know, we said this last week. We looked at the first two powerful beliefs. We're going to look at the next two today. But number one, last week we said you've got to believe you are valuable. Say, I'm valuable. Now, if you weren't here, you go and download it from YouTube. It's a very powerful message. And I, I want you to know today, believing that you are valuable, that you are loved, is very important. You've got to incorporate that into your identity. Because what you have does not make you who you are. What you believe makes you who you are. And you believe in Jesus. That means you have the power you need to live your best life today. Amen? Amen? And it's time for us to rise up in our authority and our ability, and we're going to stomp on the devil's head, we're going to kick him in the face, and we're going to go forward, and we're going to march into 2023 and take everything Jesus has for us. Can you say amen? Our marriages are going to get better. Our finances are going to get better. Our homes are going to get better. Our church is going to better. Our church is going to better. Our church is better get better. Your company's going to get better. Can you say amen? The South Coast is going to get better. You know why? Because you're here. Believe you're valuable. You have something to offer. Number two, we said this. The second belief is this. You must believe that you have a greater purpose. God does not save you to just be saved. God saved you because he's got something else in mind. Can you say amen? He's got someone else in mind when he saved you. You're not just here to sit in the chair every week. You're here for a greater purpose. Hallelujah. All right, now we finished last week here in Ephesians 4. Let's pick it up and then we'll go into number 3. Verse 14 and 16. It says this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That means I find my track, I find my purpose, I find my meaning, and then I stay on it. I stay stable and fixed, and I don't change my mind every day something else happens. I'm not like a yo-yo, up one day and down the next day. No, no, I become stable. Why? Because I'm valuable. Because God's on my side. Because I believe he's got, his, got a purpose. You say, Pastor, what do I do when things go wrong? You stay stable. You say, no, God said it. I believe it. God said he'll not leave me, so I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to keep believing. If this door closed, God will open another door. Come on, look at the person next to you. Say, God ain't finished yet. He's just getting started. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, say grow up, in some things. No, what does it say? In all things. What? All things into him who is the head, Christ. Every one of us are on a journey of becoming more like Jesus, more Christ-like. Can you say amen? And I want you to know I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there in Jesus' name. And so the question we've got to ask ourselves this morning is, what are the things that I didn't grow in last year? Now, where you did grow, that's fantastic, but what are the things you didn't grow in? Write it down. Say, Lord, this year I want to grow in this area. 
This year, I want to become more like Jesus in this area. Can you say amen? Like for me, I want to become a better golfer in Jesus this year. Because I didn't do that good last year. No, I'm just joking. I mean, I do want to be a better golfer, but amen. i got to amen. Woo! I'm preaching it this morning. No, so the things where I didn't do well, and they're, they're not a lot. Amen. One or two. This year, I want to do better. Can you say amen? Okay, let me not milk that too much. All right? From whom all the whole body joined in it together by what each joint supplies, according to the effecting working, but what, by what each part does it share, causes the growth of the body, edifying itself in love. You have a part to play in this church being great. Amen? So what is the part you're going to bring to make this church better? I want you to know I want to preach better this year. I want to bring better sermons on a Sunday. I want to make more of a difference. When I counsel people, I want to give them the best advice I can. Amen. Imagine if I rocked up here on a Sunday and just said, okay, well, let's, uh, what am I going to preach on? Mm, uh, Man United one line. Uh, you know, okay, I'm just going to preach. Let me find a scripture. No, no. I take hours. I pray. I seek God. We get before. We find. We plan. We put up pictures. We put effort in. Why? Because we want to give our best. And you know what? As your pastor, I expect you to give your best. Amen. Because you see, listen today. Things do not just happen. Spiritual growth is not automatic. I wish it was. And you know what? Just if I can be honest with you, the first few years of my Christian walk, I kind of expected it to be. I'm like, okay, I'm born again. This is supernatural. Everything's just going to work out. Nope. Spiritual growth is not automatic. It needs to be an intentional commitment that you make. In other words, you could say it like this. You've got to want to grow. You've got to decide to grow. You've got to put in the effort to grow. And then when you put in the effort, you've got to make sure you stay consistent in growing. Because you know what? Whatever I accomplished in 2022, praise God, we celebrate, we honor God. But when I stepped into 2023, you know what the Lord said? Larry, there's some new things I want to work on in your life. So that you can keep growing. You see, discipleship is the process of you and I becoming more and more like Christ. And I want you to know, you do not graduate until you get into heaven. So any of you want to stop growing? Then it's time to go home. Because while you're here on earth, you're going to have to keep growing. You're going to have to keep developing yourself because God is a progressive God. You know the first disciples? Think about them. When Jesus came and said, follow me, what did they do? They gave up everything and they started following him. But how many you know they didn't realize what they were signing up for? I'm sure after about two and a half years, they were like, what did we do? Because God literally entrusted... His plan for the world into 11 disciples' lives. It was 12, but one of them failed. Just look at the person next to you. Say, you are the plan. (laughs) God doesn't have a plan B. You are it. You are plan A, and that's it. And so we need to respond, and we need to grow. So that brings me to my third belief this morning. The third thing you and I have to believe this year is we have to believe that we 
can do it. Say this with me. Say, I can do it. And what does that really mean? You see, that's my positive faith saying, I don't know how. I don't know exactly where. I I don't know how this is going to work out. But I have a faith that I can do what God says I can do. That I can be who God says I'll be. And you see, faith translates into obedience. And it's obedience that God blesses. You see, when, when I start exercising my faith and I start walking in obedience, the blessings of God start following me. Amen? I don't have to chase them. They start chasing me. Can you say amen? And that's how God's favor works. Can I quickly give you a quick testimony? It's not part of my notes. Is that all right? Okay, pause the, pause the timer. This week, on two occasions, I was dealing with two different things, two different occasions, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to sow finances to that situation. And to be honest with you, I didn't have the extra finances. In the natural, I was like, hmm. Lord, don't you want to tell someone else? <laughs> Speak to someone else, please. But I stepped out in obedience, and I just did what the Lord told me. So this morning, I'm sitting in the coffee bar. We're just having some fellowship before the service. Someone comes up to me. They gave me some papers that we were talking about that I needed. And then they slipped a little envelope under the paper. They said, Pastor, this isn't for the church. This is for you. I just want you to know you're a blessing. Guess what? I got double back what I gave. Now, the point I'm making is that when you obey, when you step into obedience, the blessings start to follow you. Amen? I didn't expect that to happen this morning. I just know when you do what God tells you, He'll open a door somewhere and He'll get it back to you or He'll give you something money couldn't buy. Bump the person next to you and say, it must be you. Come on, say this with me. God is working in my life. Amen? So look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're still in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 17 to 19. It says, This I say therefore... Remember when we see the word therefore, we've got to ask, what is it therefore? All right, now remember, we've just read the preceding verses for the last two weeks. We talk about the gifts. We talk about the fivefold ministry. We spoke about each of us having a talent and a gift, each of us growing spiritually. So he says, now because of that, look at this. Therefore, test, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Listen, church. As a believer, God wants you to walk differently to the way the world walks. Can you say amen? You know, the world walks like this. Anything goes. We just hang out. We do what we like, when we like, how we like. But no, I'm a believer. My steps are ordered of the Lord. Every place on which I tread, the Lord has given it to me. I face mountains. I speak to them in the name of Jesus. And they come down, not because of me, but because of who I serve. Amen. When giants step into my valley, I become David and I pick up five stones and I run to that giant and I say, today I'll take your head off in the name of the God I serve. My walk is different. Why? Because look what it says. It says, the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Their understanding is darkened. They alienated from the life of God. You and I have the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, your heart is open. 
Your heart is full of life. So God feeds his wisdom in there and it starts to flow out of us because they've given themselves over to lewdness, uncleanness, and greediness. But we have faith, amen? And you see, faith is the act of belief that says this. I believe Jesus is who he says he is and therefore I can be who he says I am. Now, I don't wake up every morning feeling like that. Amen? You know what they always ask me? Do you wake up grumpy in the morning? I'm like, no, I let her sleep. <laughs> Sorry, Mandy. Ah, no sugar today. No, I, I don't wake up excited about the day every day. Sometimes I've got to speak to this mind, speak to this body, and sometimes it takes a while for it to loosen up a little bit. You know, as you get older, you've got to like... <laughs> look in the mirror and you're like, you're the righteousness of God. Really? But you know, <laughs> we stand up, and we move forward, and we get the energy, and we get the power of the Holy Ghost, and we have a cup of coffee and a scripture, and we get stirred up, and then we're ready to go. Bring on the day. I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, rather meet with God before you meet with the devil. And so by faith, we believe that God is leading us. And you know, when you have that attitude, even if you don't always get it right, God sees that as obedience, and He works in your life. Because you know what? Faith believes in grace. And grace gives us the ability to do what we couldn't do on our own. Say, I receive grace this morning. Because here's, tr- here's the truth today. Obedience unlocks the power of God in your heart. And when you start walking in obedience, you know what happens? Your spirit man starts to grow. Your spirit man gets stronger. And when your spirit man gets stronger, God can funnel the wisdom, the strength, the power, and the promptings of his spirit and of his life into your life. And suddenly you start walking where he wants you to walk, and you find yourself in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And you're like, how did I get you? I don't know, but God placed you there because you're walking in obedience. You know, even Jesus had to learn obedience. Isn't that amazing? Like, I mean, he's God. Why would he have to learn obedience? Because he came to earth as a man. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of salvation to all who obey him. We can see that throughout the Bible, the minute people believed and took that first step, the Holy Spirit worked and released the power, released the miracle, released the breakthrough. Can you say amen? So you see, this is what we've got to learn today. God waits for you to act first. And when you act, He acts. When you move, He moves. And so we've got to get that order right. Think about Peter. How many remember Peter? He's on the boat with all the other disciples. The storm is blowing and Jesus comes walking on the water. And when they saw him, they were afraid. And then he said, don't be afraid at his eye. And what did Peter say? Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. I'm sure when the words were out, he wanted to take them back. He's like, what did I just And how many of you know what Jesus said? Jesus looked at Peter and said, are you crazy? You can't walk on water. He did. He said, Peter, what's wrong with you, man? 
I'm the one who walks in water. I'm Jesus. Who are you? No, what did he say? Come. Come. And you know, the minute Peter stepped out of the boat, guess what? He became the second man in history ever to walk on water. Wow. What is God saying to you? You can walk on this here. And you know the amazing thing? Peter could have walked to Jesus and back and climbed in the boat. But what happened? He took his eyes off Jesus and put it on the storm. He put it on the wind and the waves. And you all know this. The wind and waves had nothing to do with him walking on water. Amen? Because even if it was a calm day, he wouldn't have been able to walk on the water. And that's exactly what the enemy does. He distracts us with the storm, and the storm's got nothing to do with what God told you to do. If you'll just stay doing what God told you to do, stay committed, stay stable, stay fixed, you know what? You'll walk on the water. I look back over last year, and I see moments I walked on the water. I'm like, I don't know how I got through that, but I did. Because you keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Look at the person next to you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, let's bring this a little bit closer home. Because you see, when you start cooperating with God in that place, the Holy Spirit is able to start developing character in you. And it's character that keeps you stable in the difficult times. You can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't have character, you're going to fail. You're going to fall when the storm comes. So God wants to build character. And here's what you need to realize today. Effort and hard work have got nothing to do with your salvation. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. It is the free gift. But listen carefully. It's got everything to do with your spiritual growth. At least eight to ten times, just in the new covenant, the Bible says make every effort to grow spiritually. Make every effort to build your faith. Make every effort to be more like Christ. Can you say amen? So you see, you don't have to earn your salvation, but you do need to have to work hard to grow your spirituality. Bump the person next to you and say, take your shoes off. Uh, not now. <laughs> Please, not in this heat. But get ready to work. Amen? You see, it's time to let go of the old ways and put on the new ways. And I want you to know that takes effort. It takes effort every morning to get up half an hour earlier to spend time with God. It takes effort when, you're, when your marriage is falling apart or you and your wife are having a heated discussion for you to speak the word into that situation and say, hang on a minute, I'm not going to react in the flesh. I'm going to speak life. It takes effort. Can you say amen? When it feels like your finances are going opposite to the way you want them to, for you to stand up and say, no, in the name of Jesus... I thank you, Father, you are my source. I thank you, you will provide for me. I thank you, Father God, I have a covenant with you, and I ask you for wisdom to manage my fight. How many of you know? It takes effort, but it's always worth it. Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, Put on the new man, which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it with me. Say, I can, I can. do all things. And so it's time for you and I to believe. Here's the key. Just keep getting up every day. Keep learning. If you fall down, get up. Learn from the experience. Say, okay, I won't do that again. Or this is what I learned from that. And just keep going forward. Number four. Are you getting some help this morning? 
All right, number four. The fourth thing I've got to believe is this, is number four, believe there is more in store for me. Come on, say, there's more in store for me. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God is working. And you know what? If you'll believe that there is more in store for you, God will start to work in your heart. He'll start to build the character you need to be able to sustain where he's taking you so that you can walk in the blessing, so that you can be that person that God is going to use according to your purpose. Your character today is really the sum of your habits. All the things you do all the time, your habits, those are the things that tell you what your character is. Any of us can do one thing once, but it's what you do consistently that makes up your character. And so, you see, when I have these four beliefs and I make them part of my identity and I truly integrate them into my life and what I believe, God starts using those to build my character, to, to unlock my potential, to give me wisdom. So let's look a little bit on a practical level. How does this work? How does he make this character grow and develop my habits? Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Our last 10 minutes, we'll just spend a few minutes looking at this quickly. In Acts two forty-two, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. There are four things that God gave the early church that caused them to grow in character, to flourish, and to do well. Number one, the apostles' doctrine. Number two, fellowship with each other. Number three, the breaking of bread. And number four, prayer. Let's look at those quickly. So the apostles' doctrine speaks about the word of God. It speaks about not just the written word, but the spoken word of God. And I want you to know, it's not just the word that all of us can read and access. It includes that, but I want you to know, the apostles' doctrine is abiding with the ones that God sent to you for your life. In other words, it speaks about recognizing and being part of a good, strong local church where the word is preached, where the, the leaders and the elders are people that God has sent for you. Amen? You see, anyone can download and watch T.D. Jakes, but T.D. Jakes isn't your pastor. And I love, Manny and I love T.D. Actually, the last three months, we've been feeding on him, like, a lot. He is currently the best preacher in the world and has been for a long time. Incredible. I love listening to him. But he ain't my pastor. Amen? He's not going to phone me when I'm not treating Mandy right and say, hey, boy, what are you doing? Yeah. Mandy's dad will. Because <laughs> he's my pastor as well. And you know what? The elders will. Because we're accountable. Can you understand? So the apostles' doctrine is those God has sent to you. And they have a word for you. They have an encouragement for you. They have an anointing for you that is specifically for you. Now, listen. 
to T.D. Jakes. Listen to great preachers. It's fantastic. But you can't sit at home and think you're going to grow spiritually and become who God wants you to be. You need to get in the trenches. Find a church and let that church be your life. Can you say amen? Bump the person next to you say, this is a great church. Yeah. It's a great church because you're here. Amen? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's the truth. Do I need to say more? Did you get it? Okay, now we'll move on. I was going to talk about Mandy's mom and dad, but I won't. Because they're my pastors. You know, for 16 years, I had to serve in their church. And I had to work out all the character. And, and how many you know, they saw all the good, the bad, and the ugly. How many you know, we all want to put the good forward, but there's the bad and the ugly. Amen. And so you've got to work through that and you've got to be real and you've got to be transparent. You've got to be honest. And you know what? That's how character is formed. And that's how God helps us to become who we need to become. Number two, it was fellowship. Now, what is fellowship? Fellowship is building good, strong relationships with those around us in the local church. Amen? We all need a hand up sometimes. We all need encouragement. Can you say amen? We all have bad days. Just bump the person next to you and say, are you having a bad day? I want you to know, Manny and I have a great marriage and we don't fight a lot. Hey, my love. But we occasionally have disagreements. We're pa- occasionally, we're not on the same page. Sometimes we have what we call intense fellowship. It's not just fellowship. It's a little bit more intense. You know what I mean? Ding dong. But you know what? We've got to work through that. And you know, when you work through it, your relationship gets stronger. Don't say amen, William. Not a good. Yeah, intense. And you see, in the local church, we don't always agree on everything. We don't always get it right. But you know what? We stay together. And we work through it. And we help each other. We say, Ma, I didn't do that right. I'm sorry. But you know, I'm going to try better next time. And guess what? We grow. And then we flourish. And we become the living example of Jesus. I mean, read the, how many times did Jesus correct the, the, the disciples? Many times. I mean, Peter even tried to correct Jesus once. Oh, no, that didn't go so well. But you get what I'm saying. He tried. All right, number three, breaking of bread. Now, breaking of bread doesn't just mean having communion together. absolutely includes that. And that's why we do it every Thursday. We have the communion service because it's our covenant. It's, it's where we partake. It's where we put our faith. But communion and breaking of bread speaks about partaking of the covenant, applying the covenant to our lives, praying for each other. Number four, it says they were committed to prayer. That's why this year, on the first Saturday of every month, from eight to nine o'clock, we're going to have a prayer meeting for the whole church. And we want to invite you, make a commitment to be here for that hour every month. Just come together, let's pray together. Because a church that prays together stays together. Can you say amen? And just sow that hour into the kingdom of God and let's watch what God does. Now, what do we conclude from this? And this is, I have seven minutes left. Who was the timekeeper? Who was the timekeeper? You are the timekeeper. I mean, the first service I said, well, in the last minutes, she says, yeah, you've got five left. Can you believe it? I'm the preacher. 
And the pastor, if I want five minutes, I'll take it. And then I'll ask the people, can I have an extra five minutes? Can I have an extra five minutes? Just put up your hand. Ah, oh, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Wow, we're going to be our well. Now, in the first service, they've got to know me. Everyone was like, don't put up your hand. Don't put up. <laughs> All right, in the last bit of time I have, what does this mean for me? There we go. Load shedding's over. You can go home and cook your lunch. What does this mean for you and I? All right, there's three areas that come out of this scripture that are so important for us to understand. How does God build my character? How does God grow me? Here they are. Number one, he uses his word. Number two, he uses people. And number three, he uses your circumstances. Now, please hear me. I didn't say he causes your circumstances, but he does use them. Amen. So let's just quickly look at these as we close today. Each one of these is indispensable if you're going to grow in your Christ-likeness. Listen, I know a lot of people who believe this. I believe this for a long time. All you need to get through your problems is the word and prayer. Can I be honest with you today? The word and prayer do not solve all your problems. It's a great place to start. It's absolutely vital. But we need each other. Because you know what? God does not always send a miracle. Someone he, sometimes he sends somebody. And he doesn't give you the miracle. He gives somebody to walk with you through that pain, to pray with you, to stand with you. And you can unpack your heart and suddenly you realize it's in that connection. It's in that relationship and that fellowship that you find healing. Because none of us are on island. Amen. You know, the thing that most people crave for most is human touch and human connection. And when that becomes godly, it becomes powerful. So we need each other. Can you say amen? And then, you know, the, the next thing is this. So we've got to sow the word. The word of God is the seed of God. And, you know, Isaiah 55, 11 says that he watches over his word to perform it. So if you sow the word in your heart, guess what? He's watching over the word in your heart to perform it in your life. But if you don't sow the word in your heart, then there's nothing for him to watch over in your life to perform. So sow the word. Speak the word. And how many know it takes character to speak the word? It takes character to spend time with God. I want to encourage you today, if you don't have a daily quiet time, this is your year. Today, make a decision. Every day, I'm going to just take five or ten minutes and I'm going to spend it in the Word. When you start, it'll be difficult. You won't know what to pray, what to say, what to read. But as you develop it, it'll grow. And I want you to know, it will be the lifeblood of your life. I'm here serving God today because of my quiet time. Because that's where God can deal with you. That's where we work through the heart issues. You know, and when I've had difficult moments and I go to God and I say, Lord, how am I going to overcome this? What do I say to this person? Because sometimes I counsel people, I don't know what to tell them. I'm just a human like you. But you know what? When I go and I pray and I say, God, give me wisdom. You know what? God shows up. And just something I say or the way I say it or the scripture I give. Wow, I didn't see that. And suddenly a life has changed. Amen? Because of the word of God and the power of God. And you know what? God wants to use you and I to do that. So people provide the encouragement, the support, and the stretch we need. But then here's the thing. Circumstances creates the perfect environment for you to practice the word, to exercise what you've learned from each other, 
and to put it into practice. And I promise you, if you will trust God every day in your circumstances, whether they're difficult or easy, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll learn from your mistakes, I guarantee you, this year you will become more like Jesus. Can you say amen? And you will grow and you'll come and you'll offer to this church what God has ordained you to. We don't have the time this morning, but if you go read the rest of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says the church flourished, it grew, God added to the church daily who the, those who were being saved. It actually says in one place that they sold all their possessions and they brought it to the church and they distributed it to meet the needs of people so that everybody's need was met. Amen? And that's the church we're going to be this year. Amen? We're going to make a difference in our community. We're going to be strong and we're going to love each other and we're going to help each other win this year. Can you say amen? Because God's going to unlock his best in our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Just for a minute, if you're here today and you've never personally accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it would be my greatest privilege on this wonderful Sunday in January to lead you in the prayer of salvation. Now listen, you can go to church your whole life. That doesn't make you a believer. Jesus said this, marvel not that I said, you must be born again. And being born again simply means you acknowledge with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. So wherever you are today sitting there, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you say today, I'm making that decision. Just raise your hand so that I know I need to pray for you. God bless you. I see that hand. Is there someone else? If you raise your hand, would you just simply stand to your feet? Just stand where you are. I'd love to pray with you today. And I'm going to ask you to just take your belongings and go to the back. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to pray with you. Is there someone who wants to join those two folk? We want to pray with you today. Just go with us quickly. We've got two wonderful leaders there. They want to pray with you. They want to give you a Bible. But before you go, let's pray together. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray with you. Just look at me here, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And Just say this prayer with me. Just be sincere in your heart. Say, Father God, let's pray together, church. Say, Father God, I believe today that Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross, and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. I open my heart. And I receive Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me today. I believe I've received Jesus and he's giving me the power to be a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. God bless you. That is fantastic. We are so excited. Now, just go with Elder William and Maud. We're just going to take you to a place of prayer. We're going to give you a Bible. Isn't that amazing? Four salvations this morning. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise in the house today. Now, we are going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. And once we've done that, I'm going to ask you to go back to your seats and then I'll release you with a blessing. But we're going to invite our friend Kurt this morning. He's going to come and he's going to receive our tithes and offerings for us today. And so let's put our hands together for Kurt. Kurt and Benita run a small group for us. And uh, they, they're excellent people and we're so blessed to have them in our church. Thanks, Pastor Larry. Morning, church. Um, yeah, today's scripture for the offering, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 9. And it speaks about being a cheerful giver. And verse 6 starts by saying, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully 
will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, so the act of being cheerful, uh, the definition describes someone as being cheerful, as being ready to act, because they are already approving of what they're going to do. They have been already persuaded, and they are inclined or won over by what the act that they're about to do. So we are called to be cheerful givers for three reasons I'm going to go through today. So number one, cheerfulness comes from within, right? It's an attitude or a frame of mind we need to have when we're giving. Uh, Mary C. Crowley, in order to put it this way, is that being cheerful is like being a paintbrush. You can either paint a gloomy picture or a bright picture of the way you see things. So cheerful signifies a readiness of mind, a joyousness, which prompts us to do things that we want to do yeah, with purpose. Number two, it's an outward demeanor. So when you're cheerful, you can see it on your face. Right? We can see the cheerful people in the crowd, especially when you're coming up to give during the offering. We're going to see whether you're cheerful in giving. Amen? <laughs> um, and number three, overall our health is actually determined by how cheerful we are. So, you know, when you're always feeling down or upset, someone says, just cheer up. And it, it, it has to do with, it helps you with your health. So our demeanor when giving today and this year, I want to challenge us that when we're giving, to have a cheerful mindset. And the only way we can have that cheerful mindset is if we practice to give. And in giving, ask God to teach us to be more cheerful. Amen? And in doing that, we become a cheerful giver. So as we come and bring our tithes and offerings, let us learn to be fully convinced in giving our tithes and offerings. And in doing so, doing it cheerfully. Amen? Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. Well, <laughs> mic drop. Did I throw it? Yeah. Oh. No, no, I dropped it. <laughs> so, let's stand together. And as you know, we have this new uh, attitude of worship when we come together. Let's stand. We're going to bring our offering up. And we're just going to worship God with that offering. Let's all stand together. We do have offering buckets at the back. So if you want to go to the back, that's fine. But let's give cheerfully this morning. And uh, you all know in uh, 2019, the song was released by a South African DJ called Jerusalem. Remember, it went global. And then they did the Jerusalem dance challenge. And this week, I've just been watching some of them. And they're really some incredible ones. And the song really is a gospel song. It's actually about Jerusalem is my home. So guard my heart, and Lord, don't leave me alone, but lead me to where I need to be. That's actually the words and the, and the symbol of the song. So we're going to play you a couple of different dance challenges over the next few weeks. But let's give cheerfully this morning, and let's give from our hearts, and let's give because we love to see God's kingdom grow. Amen. I told him, yeah. Once you've given, you can go back to your seat. Thank you. 
Amen. Come on, stretch forward your hands. We're going to pray over the offering. Father, thank you for the finances that have been received into your kingdom today. We pray that they'll be used wisely for the extension of your kingdom. Thank you that they'll be multiplied to meet every need of this church and beyond. And I pray for every person in this building that, Lord, this year you're going to bless them financially, you're going to protect them financially, and you're going to give them new and creative ideas to grow financially. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, Amen. Amen. Now, church, thank you for being here today. Don't forget to join us online on Thursday at half past six for Bible study and communion. We love you lots. Have a fantastic week, and we can't wait to see you soon. God bless you as you go.